is a very special day. Today, today is a very special day. It's a day that we kick off our small groups for the fall semester. And uh, yeah, uh, so we've been talking about getting into the lifeboat, the lifeboat of the church. And this is uh, our main text has been Acts chapter 2, and we can pull that up really quickly. Acts chapter 2, verse, I think it's verse 40, uh, where Peter is preaching the very first sermon ever preached um, in, the, in the, the brand new Christian church on the day of Pentecost. He stands up, he continues preaching for a long time. And so for anybody who complains about how long I preach, I just want to point that out, that I, I, took, I, I took my lessons from St. Pete. He's the man. Uh, he preaches for a long time, strongly, actually seriously, like a hundred years ago, preachers used to preach for three hours straight. So I don't want to hear no complaining around here for 45 minutes. Uh, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Those that believed, those that accepted Jesus, those that, those that put their faith in Jesus Christ, um, the way the Holy Spirit words it there is, first of all, they were baptized. So we believe that baptism is very important. Um, we believe water baptism is very important. Uh, water baptism doesn't save you. Your faith saves you. Faith in Jesus Christ saves you. But water baptism is an outward expression of that faith. And so if you have put your faith in Jesus, uh, we encourage you and we challenge you. And we believe that it's very important that you be water baptized. We believe that you'll never be all that God has for you to be until you take that step of obedience and, and get dunked in the name of Jesus Christ. We believe that it's important. We believe that it's important. It's not just getting dunked. And so that's why next week we're offering baptisms. So we're going to have, yeah, we're going to have a big horse trough up here. Um, and uh, we have a few people that want to be baptized. But I, I especially want to encourage those of you who have made a decision for Jesus in the last few weeks, um, whether it was the first time you've ever done that in your life or maybe it was the 10th the time and you're trying again, um, I would just encourage you to think about and pray about being baptized. Um, even if you've been baptized before, even if baptized as a child, um, some of us were baptized as a child in the Catholic Church. Um, we believe that baptism isn't just something that we do for babies. It's something that you do as a grown adult. You make a decision to follow Jesus in baptism. And so all 3,000, can you imagine like a baptism service where 3,000 people are getting baptized? It doesn't even say that there was any kind of baptismal there. I don't know what they used. Maybe they took them down to a river or something. But um, that's part of joining the lifeboat. That's part of joining the church. And then it says that they were added to the church. They were added so they stepped out of a crooked generation. They stepped out of a, a, a crooked culture, and they stepped into a life-giving culture. And that's what we've been talking about for the past few weeks here at City Chapel, that, you know, it's great that you want to step out of a bad culture, but what we really want you to do, the way to walk with Jesus with any kind of sustainability, is to step into a life-giving culture. Um, we don't believe in solo Christians. We don't believe in people, uh, you know, going off, uh, riding on, the, on, on their tanto as the Lone Ranger into the sunset on their own. This is not the way that God created it to happen. And this is so uh, indicative of the very first church that as many as believed and were baptized were instantly added to the church. There was no, like, well, I think I'll attend on Sunday morning. No, they were added to the body of Christ, the family of God. And so many uh, people don't even know what they're missing out on. And so for the past few weeks, we've been trying to explain um, how important it is that you join 
the church, not just, not just become a member, not just show up on Sunday, but that you actually become part of the church, which, which the church is the people. The church is the people. The church is not this setup, even though it's really nice. We appreciate everybody who comes and sets up these lights and, and this stage and, and the drums and, and all. But, but that's not the church. The church is the people of God. And so we want you to become not just an attender, um, but a member of the church, which we don't give out cards here at City Chapel. To become a member means you join with other people who are at City Chapel. And the best way to do that is through small groups. And so we're launching, I think it's 16 new small groups today. Um, when, when you exit today, you're going to walk out that way. And basically, this is going to be your altar call, right? This is your altar call. Don't come down to the front and, and, and cry. Go out that way and sign up. All right, that is your altar call. Get into a lifeboat. Get into a, a boat of safety. And the reason why we're using the whole lifeboat analogy is we were talking about the Titanic and how, and how the, 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 the Titanic was this big, enormous, beautiful luxury cruise liner that was supposedly never going to sink. And of course, in 1912, uh, they figured out that it was not unsinkable, but that it was about to sink. And they had about 20 lifeboats on board at the time, which was not nearly enough for all of the people on the Titanic. And, and strangely enough, initially, the first 10 lifeboats were only 50% full because they just couldn't convince people that the Titanic was sinking. They couldn't convince them to get off of this big, relatively seemingly safe Titanic and into this little rickety lifeboat out in the middle of the Atlantic. I mean, it's freezing cold water. It's the middle of the night. I think I'm safer on the Titanic. Someone was actually quoted as saying that. And, and in that moment, it makes sense, right? You don't understand the destruction that has happened. You have to take the crew's word for it. And they're trying to get you out from, 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 from your, 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 your playing, you're, you're in there playing pool, you're, you're drinking a cocktail, you're having a good time, and they're saying, hey, hey, this thing's going down, you need to get into a lifeboat. And they're like, no, I don't think I need to do that. And it's so similar to my job as a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm like the crew on the Titanic trying to bring people off of the Titanic, out of this culture um, that is sinking, out of this culture that leads to death, out of this culture that leads to destruction, and into a place that leads to life. And uh, it's not nearly as sexy. <laughs> it's, it's not nearly as posh. It's not nearly as, as comfy. Uh, it doesn't have all the amenities that, 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 that the Titanic has. But one thing it does have is that it's not sinking. Okay, that is our biggest sales point uh, as a church, that we are not sinking, that we have a hope beyond this life and that there is something greater for those who are a member of the family of God. So we want as many people to be saved, not because we want them to think like us and act like us because we're not all going to act the same, but because we want people to come into a life-giving culture. And so that's what we've been talking about. And um, today I'm going to have a good friend of mine, T-Bear, come on up and join me. Actually, if, uh, if you want to, thank you. T-Bear's got a couple chairs for us. So he's going to share with me, uh, give it up for T-Bizzle. Uh, <laughs> Pastor James, as many of you know him. Um, T-Bear is just how I met him 20 years ago. Is it 20? Almost 20 years ago. We, we met in West Virginia and uh let's go mountaineers thank you jesus there was there was only five of us in west virginia so it was easy to, to meet um new people this guy's uh, got jokes How's, how, how about them detroit lions how are they doing 
Sorry, I love you. Better than the West Virginia. What was that? Oh, oh that's right. Oh, man. you got to have enough people to make up a whole football team in the state. How are y'all doing, the, the, are y'all doing good you. this morning? It's so good to have y'all here at City Chapel. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, T-Bear, Pastor James, uh, launched with us, helped us launch City Chapel. Yeah. He's been playing drums and doing all sorts of other things, as well as coordinating our small groups. And so he's... Uh, one of our small group pastors who meets with small groups, leaders, and mentors them and helps them do what they do. Um, so if you have any questions about small groups, talk to him. But also, he's leading a small group mm -hmm. this semester. Yeah. And uh, so how about you get us started? Tell us a little bit about your small group, and then okay. let's jump into to preaching for a few minutes. Sweet. Well, um, us together for a few minutes is going to be a miracle. Um, it's a joke. You can laugh. We're in church. Um, no, uh, my the small group, small, yeah, the small group that I'll be leading is called Hearing God's Voice. And uh, if there's anything that I believe um, as people, as human beings, we need a constant voice that doesn't change. Not n in spite of all the things that we go through, in spite of all the all the, you know, who do I vote for? Who do I, you know, what do I do next? Like, you know, what's the next thing in my life? And so I believe uh, that one of the greatest things we could do is hear, hear God's voice. Um, but I think a lot of times when you say that statement, people are like, uh, how's that, how do I know it's God? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who say, well, I want to hear God, but how do I know it's God? How do I know it's not just the pizza that I ate last night? How do I know it's not, you know, how do I know when it's God? And so, um, and so we'll be going actually through a book uh, by a pastor in Dallas called uh, Frequency. Um, and so it teaches you really, um, it gives you the tools needed to hear God's voice. And so that's, that's kind of the gist of what we'll be doing. Yeah, and in Matthew chapter 3, uh, yeah. verse 16 and 17, there's a passage that um, T. Bear wanted to share about. And it's um, basically Jesus' baptism. And so um, if you want to go ahead and read that, we'll, yeah. we'll have it here on the screen for you. Uh, 3.16, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and come, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Uh, and that, that is really, really huge because... Uh, you hear, it says that the voice came from heaven and it said, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a clear voice. Now, now, uh, some folks thought like to some people standing around, it just sounded like thunder is what, what one, yeah. uh, theologian said, but, um, but Jesus heard the voice and it said, this is who you are. This is, this is who you are. You're my son. And I am pleased with you. I find pleasure with you. I love it. Uh, Emilio said it once before, and, uh, and I think I'll say it again. All this was said before Jesus did anything, before he raised anybody back from life, before he did anything. God wants you to know it, the first thing you need to hear is who you are from the Father. Yeah. Because when you begin to know who you are from the Father, no matter what other people call you, you can rest assured in what the Father's heart is and what his thoughts are towards you. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. So, and then in Matthew 4, Matthew 4, which comes then, right after Matthew 3. Yes. Then it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now check this out. 
I think it's amazing. First off, this is after Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Um, and so know this, that the, the same Spirit that, that talks to you could also lead you into a place where God wants to deal with just you. Like, don't, don't, don't curse the wilderness. If you feel like you're in a dry place, if you feel like you're in a, in a rough patch, just know that sometimes that's where God wants you. It's because you only get to depend on him. Anyway, so, so he was in the wilderness, fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and the enemy came when he was weakest. Like, the enemy's not going to come to you when you're sitting here, you know, on Sunday morning with lyrics on the screen and Pastor Harry sitting up, you know, up here killing it on the keys or whatever. He's going to come in your weak moments when, when there's nobody really around. And so he came to Jesus, and the very first thing he questioned was the last thing Jesus heard. Yeah. The very That's first the thing he questioned, he said, if you are the son of God, prove it. And so then it goes on to say, uh, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so, and so the mouth of God has spoken, you're my son. This is who you are. I find pleasure in you. I feel like somebody needs to hear that this morning. God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He finds pleasure in you. And it's not on your good days or your bad days. It's every day. He still finds pleasure in you because you're his creation. He didn't make a mistake with you. He didn't look at you and say, whoops. God never looks at you and says, whoops, didn't know that was going to happen, didn't mean for that to happen. No, no, no. He looks at you and he says, you're my son, you're my daughter, and you're, you may have been a surprise to your mom or dad. Now, you could have been that one that mom and dad was like, I didn't know we could have any more kids, you know. Quit, don't, don't even look at your kids sitting on the front row. Anyway, but, but, but so... And so he said, you're my son. And so the enemy came after the very, the very last thing he heard the father say, which was, you are my son. And so the enemy said, if you're his son, prove it. Prove it. Prove it. So the word that God had spoken in the beginning was able to carry him through the dry seasons. Yeah. Yeah, and I talked about that a few weeks ago, how um, Peter, when he was walking on the water, he wasn't really walking on water. He was walking on the word of Jesus, which said to come. So it's so important that we learn how to hear the word of God. And it's amazing the amount of um, Christians who, who would tell me that they are unable oftentimes to really hear from God. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's just that, that's, that's, that's scary to me because I don't know then how you're living. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I would live if I wasn't able to hear the voice of God and to discern it. Um, now, I do know uh, that early on in my walk with Jesus, I've been walking with him for a long time now. Early on in my walk with Jesus, I, I, I had a hard time discerning like between what was God's voice and what was my own thoughts and what was the devil. Those are kind of the three main sources of, you know, that you have voices from the enemy, you have voices that are just your own thoughts, your own culture, your own upbringing, um, your own, you know, uh, um, 21st century American mindset. Um, and, and then you have thoughts that are genuinely from God. And so there's a passage in John 7, verse 16, that, that Jesus is talking um, to the people that are listening to him, right? And he's speaking the word of God. And he tells them, he says, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Verse 17 says, anyone who wants to do the will, anyone who wants to do the desires of God, 
the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. I think that, that there is a promise for all of us um, that we can know the word of God. Because, you know, like you read the passage there in Matthew and Jesus, you know, he's baptized and, and a voice thunders from heaven and a, the Holy Spirit comes down in the shape of a dove. And, and you think, yeah, well, if God spoke to me like that, <laughs> then, then I could probably remember it after 40 days, you know, 40 days. Let's see. Oh, yeah. There was that epic moment in my life that God thundered his voice over me and said, you are my son. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't forget that. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't doubt that. But yeah. the, the tricky thing is with us, oftentimes it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes it does. Sometimes God does speak in an audible voice, but most of the time it's a still small voice. Most of the time it's a thought or it's an impression inside of your heart that you feel and you say, whoo, I don't know. I don't know if that's God or not. And so we wanted to talk just real practically today. Um, we're not we're not going to be preaching really hard. Um, we, I don't I don't have the voice for that. So we're just going to be sharing some practical things with you all today um, that you'll learn further in his small group. But honestly, it's a part of being in the the, the lifeboat of God. A part of being in the lifeboat with God is hearing on a regular basis the voice of God. And so um, Rick Warren uh, uh, spoke, I don't know, several years ago, and he listed seven um, questions that you can ask yourself um, to discern whether or not this is God's voice. And if, and if, and if the answer, if, the, if it passes these seven tests, then what you're hearing is, in fact, from God. And so I'm just going to steal his, his seven points and just read them out to you because I think that they're very helpful. And if you want to take notes, go ahead and jot these down. Number one, um, the first one, and this is one that I've always told people, is does it agree with the Word of God? What you're hearing, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, this thought that you have, does it agree with the Word of God? Because God will never disagree with His Word. He'll never tell you something different from what He told the Apostle Paul, from what He told First uh, Peter, Second Peter, from the Word of God, the written Word of God. Yeah, like uh, I was a youth pastor for six years, and uh, as youth pastors, we have really fun conversations with teenagers really fun and so there's that one teenager who's like you know hey you know god showed me that that's gonna be my wife and you know so it's you know it's okay. and actually she was she was so ugly right it was just this really ugly girl no i'm just kidding anyway it's always the hot ones yeah, that god shows yeah. exactly oh yeah. she is going to she's a 10 yeah she's, she's a 10 all yeah she's all that's yeah. not jesus right but but she but 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 they would come to me they'd say things like well i found you know god told me that this is my this is gonna be my wife so I guess it's okay for us to start sleeping around. And I'm like, oh, God said that to you? <laughs> like, he, because he, he, his, his word says that sex is for the marriage bed. So just because you know it's okay, you know. So anyway, so, so yeah, so God will, will never contradict what he's already written. So Yeah, exactly. God, and so this is important for you to read the Bible yeah. <laughs> so that you will know. Because you will have ideas like that. That comes and, and, and our culture will give you ideas and your own, your, own, your own body will say, hey, I think this is God's will. Um, but at the same time, we don't live by our own lust. We don't live by what we want to do. We live by the desires of God. And God has already made his desires known. 
Um, he's already been very clear with regard to sex, um, but he's been clear with regard to a number of other things. Sometimes people say, well, I have this great idea. I have this, this, this really great business idea, right? And, and, and basically, if I, if I cut corners a little bit here, if I'm a little bit dishonest in this area, then, then we'll, we'll make more profit, right? And they, they feel like, well, maybe that's a God idea because it's benefiting me. Well, if you read Proverbs, you see that God blesses businesses that act honorably and with integrity. And you realize that that, the, that idea is not from God. That idea is from yourself. Like, you don't need God to give you new selfish ideas. <laughs> you come up with those all on your own. You're really, really good at thinking about yourself, looking out for number one. This comes natural to all of us. And so, and so the question is, does it line up with the word of God? What he is telling me, what he is speaking to me, does it, does it check out? And so honestly, many times I think we need to, as Rick Warren said, need to stop looking for a, or stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. Sometimes we spend so much time just checking to see if we have peace. Just how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this? Well, it really doesn't matter how you feel about truth. Because it's still truth. And, and, the, and, and the Bible says about itself that it is truth and that it is, it is eternal. Jesus said, all of this world will pass away, but my word, my written word, will never pass away because it is eternal. Now, there was a time in, uh, in uh, lots of things are passing away. There was a time when scientists believed that the world was flat, right? And uh, that was a long time ago. But it didn't change the fact that the world was still round. People just believed it was flat, but it didn't change the fact that the world was round. And so science is starting to catch up with the truth. And so the truth, regardless of how you feel about something, I, I, I met with one young couple when, we were, uh, when I was pastoring, um, uh, associate pastoring at Promised Land. They wanted me to do their wedding, and so I asked them the same question. Are, are, are you guys um, staying pure? And they said, no, no, you know, we've been sleeping together for a while. We've just never felt bad about it. And I said, oh, well, in that case, I'm pretty sure that's listed somewhere in Scripture. Whatever you don't feel bad about, go ahead and do. That's, wait a minute, that's, <laughs> that's first... That's First Joey chapter 2, verse oh, 13. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not Jesus. That's just not it. And so, we, we, but we get this idea, well, it doesn't feel bad, so it must be okay. No, no, you've got to read the Word of God to find Check out it. what Check the it. Word of God says about what you think that you're hearing or feeling. Um, secondly, um, does this make me more like Christ? That's another question to run, run this by. You're feeling something. You're hearing something. You're believing maybe God's saying something to you. The question is, does this make you more like Christ? Because that is God's purpose for your life, that you become like Christ. That image. That you become the image of Christ, that you become like Jesus. Jesus is the standard. Yeah. Jesus is the standard. The Bible says that he left us an example so that we would walk in his steps. And if anyone, Scripture says, if anyone claims to follow Jesus, it says, let him walk exactly as he walked. Now, some of us are like, well, I could never be like Jesus. No, no, no. Yes, you can. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the goal. That is is the standard. That's what God wants for you. And if you're not able to do that right now, the, the question is, does what God is telling me right now, or what I think God is telling me, is this making me closer to Jesus? Does this make me more like Jesus? The truth is we do live in a fallen world, so all of us are yeah. broken. There's no, there's no perfect anything, no perfect marriage or perfect church. There's no, there's no perfect government. We live in a fallen, broken world. But, but the purpose, why God wants you to live in this broken world is so that he can make you whole and prepare you for heaven. 
So that's what he's doing. I mean, why, you know, otherwise, why wouldn't God just create you, save you, and then take you to heaven, like, right away? (laughs) Like, why why are you still here? Because he wants to perfect the character of Jesus in your life. So everything you're going through, when God speaks to you, it's always going to move you, you personally, not always somebody else. You want them to get closer to Jesus. You closer and more like Jesus. That's that's the I think that's really uh, the struggle sometimes is we look at Jesus and we're like, man, he's so perfect. And that is so like, but the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Like when you when you put your faith in Jesus and you're filled with his spirit, it's the same. And so so that's that's one way that we begin to become more like Christ is allowing the spirit of God to speak. Uh, I, I believe it's Corinthians that says, who can know the thoughts of a man but the spirit of a man and who can know the thoughts but the spirit of God? That lets me know that I can know what God, how God wants me to react and, and act in situations because his spirit lets me know, hey, this is this is good. This is this is because it's going to make you more yeah. like like and that's Christ. one of the reasons why God speaks to us, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're always asking God for like direction questions, right? Yeah. Lord, Lord, get, you know, guide my course. Yeah. Should I take this job or that job? Should I take this class or that class? Should I date that girl or that girl? You're right. So we're always asking God directional questions, but God is always speaking heart answers. He's, he's not that interested in the path that you take. He's interested in, in the heart that you have. And so he's going he's gonna to speak to you about your heart, and, and that is going to be part of the word of God for your life. Even, even with major directions, it's going to speak to your heart. It's going to do something to your heart. In order to step in that direction, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost something in your heart that you're going to give up less of you, and you're going to become more like Jesus. Yeah. In James 3, uh, verse 13 through 17, uh, he talks about this kind of word from God, this kind of wisdom. He says, uh, he, he's, uh, he says, the wisdom, oh, totally lost that. Who is, he says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by their good life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> this is why God gives you words and wisdom, so that you can live good lives by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor, look at this, bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such, quote, wisdom doesn't come from heaven, but is earthly, first of all, unspiritual, and thirdly, it's demonic. It comes from Satan. If you, if you're, if you, if you get a thought, if you have a premonition, if you have a word that involves, look, he gives us a couple things. One, bitter envy, bitterness or envy. Yeah. Bitterness is is unforgiveness toward toward people and so if you have a thought that involves bitterness toward people in other words like um you know uh, being a pastor i talked to several people that that leave other churches um because they're not nearly as cool as as our church and uh they come to our church and one question i always have is how did you leave the last church well, well, God told me to leave. Well, that's great, but can you still be in the same room with them? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to any birthdays. I'm not returning any emails or any phone calls or text messages. But God told you to do something that agreed with bitterness that was in your heart. It's a telltale sign that it's not God talking to you. 
If there's bitterness in your heart around something, if you can't truly uh, feel okay and let it go and be all right and be at, at peace with other people, if, if, God's, if God's word in your life uh, promotes your ability to build walls around yourself and from other people, it's not from God. It's demonic, actually. Yeah. It's from the devil. Yeah. He's saying, look, these people hurt you. You better get out of here. Yeah. These people, you don't like these people, so you better not associate with them. You better build walls, and it's, and it's, and it's not good. It's bitterness, envy. Yeah. If there's some word of God that, that would somehow make, that would promote your life and, 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 and enable you to step on top of other people, that idea is not from God. If it's, if it's envy, if it's because you want to be somebody that you're not or something that you're not, it's not from God. And finally, selfish ambition. Telltale sign that people are not hearing from God is when what they say God told them agrees exactly with what they would naturally want to do on their own. Because <laughs> Christians are really good at using the God card. And sort of like teenagers, <laughs> you know, this really hot yeah. girl, God has told me to date her. Yeah. And it's like, well, every guy in the youth group wants to date her. Right. I don't know right. if God has told you that or if that's just your selfish ambition. Yeah. Right? You want something, you see something, and you tag God's name onto it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah. That's not hearing from God. That's yeah. demonic, actually. That's living by what you want to do. And, you know, so many people, well, God told me to take this, 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 this job promotion, right? So I'm going to make more money. Okay, cool. What are the costs? Well, I'm going to skip church from now on. <laughs> okay. So is this God sharing this with you, or is this your selfish ambition sharing this with you? What would God do? Does this make you more like Christ? Or does this just make you richer financially? Or does this yeah. just make you hook up with a hot girl? Or does this just get you what you would want with or without God anyway? That's so deep. And so anyway, so one, th one question to ask, does this make me more like Christ? And so those are, those are the three negatives that, that Scripture gives. But here are the positives that he gives. He says, look, uh, basically, if, if you want to know what real wisdom is, James 3, um, 17 says, but the wisdom, the voice, the words that come from heaven is, first of all, pure. Hmm. Everything that God speaks to you will be pure. Yeah. What do I mean? I mean, there's no ulterior motives. There's no uh, uh, hoping for selfish ambition. It's pure. Yeah. It is what you say that it is. And then it is peace-loving. Hmm. Well, uh, if something that you feel like God says to you will divide and cause division. It's, it's so amazing to me. Uh, some people say, well, I, 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 I heard from God about this horrible thing that so-and-so is doing, and so I'm going to go tell them what they're doing. <laughs> but the word of God is, first of all, peace-loving. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And so if you are loving strife, if you are loving contention, if you are loving negativity, then that's not from God. That's not a word from God. If you're, if you're not loving peace, if you're not trying to get to a place of peace, if you're not, you know, it, it's some, some people, they say they hate drama, but drama follows them everywhere they go. Yeah. It's because they're drama victims, you know. It's just, it just attaches onto them, and they just Latches can't get on rid like of it. Yeah, it's like they're yeah. always in the – people keep putting them in the middle of things, and so they always find themselves in the middle of things. But the truth is your, your direction of your life will prove your desires. That's so if you true. desire peace, you will create peace. You will become a peacemaker everywhere you go. Yeah. You will step into 
rough situations where people are at each other's throats. And because you're there, the tension will calm down and there will be peace. Right. If you love peace. Now, if you right. love drama, if you love contention, it'll if you love discord, you. then it'll always find you. You might hate the effects of it, but if you love, you know. So anyway, so what that means is gossip is demonic. Yeah. Gossip is always yeah. demonic. Yeah. It comes from the devil. These, these thoughts, they do not come from God. When God gives you a thought, it's peace-loving. It loves to bring people together. It loves to build bridges, not build walls. Right. It is considerate. Mm. So it considers other people. So yeah. when God speaks to you something, it will be to the benefit of those people around you. It's submissive. It's submissive. So if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're afraid to share what God's sharing with you, well, let's just put it this way. Husbands, if you don't want to talk to your wives about what God is telling you, it's probably not from God. Because if it's really from God, you're going to be open with it and say, hey, babe, what do you think about this? Yeah. It's submissive. It, it allows other ideas to speak into it. Right. Your, your idea doesn't trump, trump like, what others think. Right. Like, it, it, allows, it allows people, people's input. It's more of a team. And wives, if you're afraid to tell your husband what God's telling you, you know, like, that you, 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 you should buy this or that, um, that's probably <laughs> not from God. Right, right. You, you, every idea, every word that comes from God. For instance, when, when, when God spoke to me about starting City Chapel, I was up in my office at, at Promised Land. I was reading uh, this, this, this interview, um, this, this, this old 1904 interview uh, with Evan Roberts, and God spoke to me. And I, I know how to hear God's voice. I know how to discern it. I knew it was God. But at the same time, I was on staff at another church. And so it's kind of a conflict of interest. So I went downstairs and talked to my pastor and said, what do you think about this? Do you think this is what God's calling me to do? Yeah. Not because I was unsure, but because I was submissive. Right. Every word of God that he gives you, will, you will be open to allowing other people to speak into your life. Yeah. And say, what do you think? Can, can, you, can, I, can I run this by you? Can I check this out with you? It's submissive. It's the, full of mercy. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Full of mercy and good fruit. If what God is sharing with you, if it doesn't have good fruit that follows it, it wasn't from God. Right. If it creates tension, if it creates contention, if it creates offenses, if it creates wounds, if you leave behind you a trail of wounded people, you're not really hearing from God. Right. Right. And he wants, I, I believe God wants fruit that remains. Yeah. Like he wants us, he wants us to bear good fruit. Um, and, and fruit that remains. So that's, I think that's, that's really good talking yeah, about the trail. So many, and, and growing up in church, I mean, with youth ministry, I've talked oh. to so many teenagers that, you know, that because they went to some youth camp and the guest speaker had them stand up and say, God has told me you're going to be blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, then they feel like, oh, I have to be a singer. And they can't sing at all. You know, they have no Help us, musical Jesus. talent. There are two but God told them they were going to yeah. travel the world. You know, and be it's like, well, hold up. Like, did God tell you that or did that guy tell you that? Right. You know, and, and you have to be able to discern for yourself. You can't just rely on, so, well, that guy said that God, God said it, so it must be true. Right. No, no, no. Is this making you more like Christ or is this like, are yeah. you chasing some kind of dream of getting signed with some band? This is not always uh, what God wants in your life. And, and finally, it's impartial and sincere. So hmm. the sincere is basically the, the original he, uh, Greek word there is without um, with, uh, without, uh, uh, what's the word? 
<laughs> I just totally wasn't. Yeah, having a cold messes up your brain for Greek. Without. Um, I don't know Greek, so. It's, it's like, basically without. I know without Greek yogurt. HIPAA. No. <laughs> HIPAA. Anyway, the Greek word is basically hypocrite. So it means yeah. without hypocrisy, without hypocrites, without any um, two-facedness. Yeah. If God speaks to you one thing in one environment and another thing in another environment, that's hypocrisy. Yeah. You're talking to these people in this way and you're talking to those people in that way. That's hypocrisy. Right. And that is not from God. So number three, Rick Warren says that it is always consistent with how God made me. It's consistent with how really he created good. me. Yeah. He's not going to ask you to do something. It's not consistent. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's really, um, I, there's been times where I've gotten words from people with really good intentions, but it wasn't God's heart because it was not necessarily uh, naturally mm. like in my makeup to do. Yeah. Like, and so I believe there's been times where people try and become this idea of what somebody spoke mm. over them um, when really it was just they they were trying to be really nice but there's been lots of times uh where where good intentions you know can still pave the way the hell you know like they could they could still uh uh mess you up because then if you can't decipher if you can't discern if you can't tell the difference um one one thing that uh that, that i think pastor wright used to always say was he said if it's god speaking to you he said there'll be peace but then he said there will he said um it'll also amen like it'll be a confirmation yeah. of something that god's already spoken to you and so so if it's not something that god's already spoken to you just kind of put it on a shelf and if it happens it happens but right. but you know don't yeah, because God does put gifts in the body, so he does yeah. give me words sometimes to speak to people and, and, and prophets, and we, we believe in words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy. We, we believe in those things, Yeah. but um, but people are also human, and people don't yeah, always they, get it yeah, right, the human side and it. sometimes prophets don't have any wisdom, <laughs> and they just blurt out whatever they're thinking, and it's not always, it's not always from God. Right. And so you have to test every, you have to test it. Right. You have to test it and say, does this make me more like Christ? Or is this just something that that person thought was a good idea? And uh, it's, it's not saying anything bad of, about, about them. They just might lack some wisdom in the area. But you, for yourself, don't have to be driven by, well, this person said this, and then this person said that, and then that person said that. Yeah. You can hear God for yourself. Yeah. Um, totally, totally, absolutely. And, and, and part of that is understanding how God made you. And so that's why we have uh, 301. That's why we yeah. have Growth Track yeah. is because we want you to know what your personal strengths are. Because, honestly, form, you know, uh, follows function. These, these things are connected. So how God made you is a clue to right. what God wants you to do. Right. God made you for a certain purpose. And how he made you is a clue to what that purpose is. So, for instance, this chair here is very you know, soft and cushiony. So this is obviously a chair, but, but this right here, I mean, this is a stand for laptops and stuff. So you don't want to sit on this because it's not going to work out for you very well. That could be so, bad. So you look at the form of things, you look at how you're made, you look at how God made you. And that's the beginning of saying, you know what, this is, I have a real strength in this area. And so this is an area that, that I can serve. Uh, you know, here at City Chapel, we, we have band members who play, we got a drummer, um, we got a couple electric guitar players. We got bass player. We have people that, that are gifted in that. Um, and that's why they're up here playing. But at the same time, th there are other people that are not gifted in that. Yeah. Yet they have a heart, you know, to serve. 
Lord Jesus. And, and, and so, and, Don't laugh, but, it ain't but, funny. but the truth no. is, but the truth is that everybody is good at something. Everybody's a 10 at something. And so yeah. the, you're, 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 if, if God's telling you to do something that you are just horrible at, yeah. then there's a strong chance that that's not God. There's a strong chance that might be your parents. <laughs> it might have been, it might have been family expectations. It might have been other things in your mind that says, well, I ha in order to be successful, I have to do this or that, or I have to go down right. this road. No, no, no. Look at how God made you. Look at your strengths. Look at, look, look at what you're naturally good at, like your natural personality, and then ask the Lord, okay, how does this line up with how you made me? Because right. God will always right. do things the way that he made you. Um, and then um, number five, does it, uh, no, uh, number four, does it concern my responsibility? Does it con concern my responsibility? So God will <clears throat> primarily speak to you about you. <laughs> now, like I said, there are prophets and, and teachers. Yeah. Um, and if you are a prophet and teacher, then and you get a word for somebody else, God speaks to you about somebody else, the first thing you need to do is pray about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, wait, am I supposed to share this with that person? Right. Let's have some wisdom. Am I supposed to share this? And then, and then if you do share it, because uh, oftentimes God will share something with, 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 a, with a preacher, a teacher, or a prophet, and it's not even for them to share with the person. It's for them to pray right. because God's going to reveal it to that person on their own. Right. And so he wants people praying for right. that person right. to receive right. the word that God's about to share. So anyway, but, but, but sometimes, so, sometimes you do share. And, and in those instances, absolutely, you always mm. are peace-loving and you always are promoting what God is doing in their life. Yeah. Uh, you're always speaking hope, always speaking faith. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, most of the time when God speaks to us, it's about us. Yeah, I would say <laughs> uh, for a very practical example for me, um, I, was, I was sitting in my office once um, at Promised Land. And uh, it's funny, all these stories coming from Promised Land. Um, but I was sitting in my office and I had this mirror on the floor that they were about to hang up. And I was sitting in my chair and I looked over in my chair and I looked over at myself in the mirror and... I'm just going to be really, really open. Like, if you know me, like, I'm just real. But I was sitting there, and I looked, and I was looking in the mirror, and I said, man, and when I talked to myself, I, I, I called my, call me by my first name. I said, James, I said, you're really fat. Hmm. I looked in the mirror, and I was like, you're just. And so it started me down this very dark like thought process of man you're fat you don't look like a youth pastor harry needs to be youth pastor you know you you don't no, wear skinny jeans not from Jesus. i gotta i gotta confess i gotta confess that there's got to be like vaseline involved in putting on skinny jeans because it's like i don't that's just weird that's yeah anyway so but i'm sitting there vaseline. and i'm going through this process and so and so i'm i'm wrestling with this idea and 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 it leads me just to this ugly place in my heart. And finally, because sometimes I need God's voice, I need a voice outside of myself to tell me who I am. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and, and so I said, I said, no, wait a second, wait a second. I said, God, what, like, what do you want to say to me in this moment? Like, what, what do you, what do you want to deal with in my heart in this moment? Like, how do you see James? When you look at James, how do you see James? Because when I see James, it's not nice. And it was like I had this thought, and it, and, and it really did something in my heart. He said, you're a work in progress. And I'm like, wow. That brought, like, such a breath of fresh air to my heart. Mm -hmm. Because we can have a view of uh, ourselves 
And, and, and it's not necessarily the way God sees us. And so it's like we're trying, I don't know if anybody else in this room struggles with this, but at times I'm trying to live up to the guy that I see in my head. And God's like, I don't want you to live up to that guy. Why don't you step over and and find out who I want you to be? Because the pressure's gone in that moment. So those are, those are conversations that I really enjoy having when he begins to deal with me and speak to me about James. Because yeah. when he begins to deal with you, like one word from God can alter your life completely. Yeah. Like one word from God can change the atmosphere, like in your heart. Yeah. Not necessarily outside. It doesn't have to. No, no, no. If, because if it changes you, then it can change people around you. Yeah. Because when truth is spoken, truth is what brings freedom. So. Yeah. That leads into point number five. Does it bring conviction or condemnation? Yeah. So God's voice will always bring conviction, yeah. not condemnation. Conviction is your work in progress. Conviction is here's something that you can change right now yeah. that you need to change. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not throwing you out. I'm not kicking you out. I'm not, I'm not writing you off. Right. Condemnation is your fate's already sealed. We've written you off. You're condemned. You're done. Right. You'll never get any better. Um, conviction never leads to depression conviction never leads to self-pity it never leads to loathing yourself and oh i just can't stand myself no conviction says there is a god who knows me so deeply that he sees my flaws and he sees my issues he sees behind the issues actually so he sees the the physical manifestation of my issue but he also sees why i have decided to do what i've decided to do and yet he hasn't turned his back on me right Yet, he, yet I am fully loved. Right. I am fully known and fully loved at the same time. That's right. conviction. Right. And God believes that I can get better. God believes I can do more. God believes in me. Yeah. Um, that's what conviction is. Condemnation is from the enemy. Condemnation says you'll never amount to anything. Condemnation says you'll always be this way. Yeah. And that's not yeah. from God. If you have that thought, throw it out right away. That's, that's really kind of the, I would say, the true definition of depression. It's like when you look at your situation and you begin to say, there's no way out of this. Yeah. Like, I've been this way for so long. They're like, you know, I, I, my grandma used to say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that's not scriptural. Because the truth is, if you have breath in your body, if you're still living today, God can still teach you some new tricks. God can still continue to work in you. So. So that's so, yeah, you so can't, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you can. But God can bring a dead person back to life. That's good. So, you know, however you want to equate those things. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Number six is, do I sense God's peace about it? Mm. God's if you're if you're anxious and if, if the, the word that he gives you brings anxiety, yeah. that thought in your mind, if it brings anxiety, it's probably not from God. Yeah. yeah, it's probably not from God. Now, sometimes there is some anxiety with conviction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that goes away as soon as you repent. With condemnation, it stays there. Yeah. It stays. It never goes away. But as soon as you turn around and say, God, I need you to help me change this in my life, yeah. that's when that anxiety goes away. Yeah. And you walk with peace. Um, number seven, the final one, has it been confirmed by my church family? And that's really what small groups are all about. Yeah. Um, that a small group, a lifeboat, is a place where you can get into relationships for the next three months. We're not asking you to sign up for the rest of your life. We're asking you for 12 weeks 
to commit to a group of people and say, I don't know these people. These people don't know these people either. Like everybody's new. All these small groups are new. The, these people don't even know these people. I don't know them. I'm going to show up at Starbucks or wherever they meet or the youth, um, wherever they're serving or the young adults in South Austin or in San Marcos or the, the, the mom's day out, the living room or wherever it is that these folks are meeting. I'm going to sign up and I'm going to I'm going to allow myself to go into this community so that so that I can hear from God, so that God can speak to me and he can confirm it by those people. Because sometimes you'll be in a small group and somebody will say something and it doesn't even they're like they're not even saying it to you. But it's like, wow, that's definitely for me. Like, hey, that really applies to what I'm going through in my life. And that's how God speaks. He speaks through not in spite of or not around, but he speaks through his people. Yeah, yeah. And so if you if you remove yourself from God's people, you remove yourself from the voice of God in your life. And you just go out in the wilderness or the, the, the forest somewhere, you might, you might hear from God, but you have no balance right. to test it, to right. check in with other people. And, 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 and then you remove people that God wants in your life to speak to your life to make you more like Jesus. And so um, I would encourage you, to sign up for these groups, to get yeah. in the lifeboat, to be able to hear from God. The final passage of scripture that I want to read is found in John 10. Um, and I don't have time to get into this too much, but Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, that same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but instead they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Verse 10 says the thief, this is the enemy, comes uh, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life, may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives us life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. Yeah. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will be able to take them out of my hand. Yeah. He's drawing a, a mental picture of a, of a sheepfold. So back in these days, shepherding was huge. Um, and so shepherds would always be out on the hills taking care of their sheep. Well, um, some smart business owner um, went one time and set up a little pen out there on the side of the mountain. And he said, look, I'll charge you X amount of dollars to keep your sheep in my pen. And he started making a killing because one shepherd said, sure, I'll take my sheep, drop them off. Another shepherd said, hey, I'll drop my sheep off. And so he might have as many as five or seven different um, shepherds dropping off their sheep for the night so that the shepherds could get a good night's sleep. And they have a gate around the sheep so that wolves won't get them. And he will stand guard all night. And this is, how the, this is how that guy made his business. And so this business began sprouting up all over the place. And so uh, because they didn't have name badges for the sheep or, or necklaces or anything like that, the only way for a shepherd to be able to prove that his sheep were his sheep in the morning was when he called them. Yeah. So uh, basically, a shepherd had to train his sheep to come when he called their name. Because there might be five different shepherds drop off their sheep. There's a hundred sheep in the pen. And one shepherd goes to get his sheep, his, his 20 sheep, and only five of them come out. 
he might say, no, 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 those are, those are my sheep. But, but the owner of the pen is not going to let him just grab somebody else's sheep. So he'll say, no, these five came to you, so that's what you get. And so naturally, if you're a smart shepherd, you would try to make a little extra, and you would try to call other people's sheep to come with you. And that's what the enemy does. He's speaking to you. The enemy is speaking to you, trying to pull you away. But at the same time, Jesus says he is calling out to you as well. His voice is calling out to you. Every day. Every single day. He's calling out to you. Because as long as you're in the pen... As long as you're in the pen, you, there's, there's no food in the pen because all the grass is trodden down by all the sheep in there. The food is outside of the pen, and Jesus wants to lead you to a place of life. The difference between the thief and the shepherd is the thief wants something from you. The shepherd wants something for you. Yeah, that's so. And so when you're a part, I think it's so interesting that Jesus described his sheep as plural. Yeah. He said, my sheep, they hear my voice. Yeah. They hear my voice. Yeah. Not just one. One doesn't just, I heard God and all you rest people don't know what you're talking about. Right. I'm going to follow Jesus. No, that's not the church. Right. The church is they. Corporately, they hear. Yeah. The whole small group. They're sitting around praying and then boom, they hear the voice of God. Yeah. And yeah. it's four, maybe just one or two or three, but, but they hear it. Yeah. And they step out into pastor. And you're sitting in church and somebody's preacher says something that half the time I don't even know what I'm saying I'm just <laughs> rambling and 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 it's like no. wow that 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 was you, know, you were reading my mail is what I is what people tell me yeah. I don't read any of your all's mail by the way or email or text messages I don't spy on anybody okay right, uh, right. The, what's happening is the voice of God is coming as we get together yeah as we come together they are hearing the voice of God and so we want you to experience this throughout the week. Yeah. And yeah. that really is our altar call, to step out these doors. We have ice cream for you. Sweet. Because sugar works. And yes, <laughs> yes. And we have toppings at each station. Each so table. Because we knew you were just going to take the ice cream and run. We, we no, put, I don't think that. I didn't think y'all would do that. He thought y'all would do that. I, I know that y'all are going to walk out these doors. And you guys are going to stop at these tables, and you're going to sign up. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> so we put toppings at each table. You get a cup of ice cream. You dip it in the toppings um, and talk to the small group leaders while you're there eating ice cream. Hang out a while and see if there's a small group that you could really see yourself fitting into. Um, if you don't know today, you can go online. On the back of your worship guide, the, the groups are listed out. Um, like I said, we have about 16 groups that we really want you to be a part of. Can I add one thing really quick? Yeah. One thing that I would say since we're about to wrap up is don't feel like obligated to, if you go to a group and it doesn't fit, to feel like you just have to stay. That's true. Like, I want it, like, that's something, like, if it doesn't fit, if, like, you, it's not enough child care or whatever, or, you know, it just, you're not vibing it, feel free to, to shop around the groups. And here's why I say that is because we want you in a group. Like, we really want you in a group we, that you want to be in. Right. We, yeah, we want you in a group that you want to be in because we believe that, that, that deliverance happens inside of small groups, inside of a cluster of relationships. And so, and yeah. so, yeah. So. And it can't be an obligation. It can't just be, well, I have to do this. Um, so that's why we have so many different kinds of groups. We have, like, random 
groups, yes. you know, that are just that are just different. Um, because it's all interest-based, because we want you to be in a group that you want to be in, a set of relationships that you want to be a part of. Um, and so we really do believe that there's something for everybody. Um, I'm teaching a group, by the way, on Saturday. It's called Sticky Preaching. So if you're interested in learning about preaching or teaching, if you feel like you have a calling on your life to teach and preach, uh, I want to train you in that. So every Saturday, I'm going to be training you how to preach sermons that stick with people. <laughs> so yeah. Sticky Preaching. Um, and so join me. Um, so if you're interested in ministry, there's something. If you're interested in prayer, there's several prayer groups going on. Um, there's uh, several things going on. But we want you to be a part of the lifeboat um, that best fits you and your gifts. Lord, I just thank you for this group of people. And I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts about where, where it is that we belong, where you want us to be plugged in and connected to. Help us to be open. Help us to be open to step out of uh, the culture of of the Titanic, build new friends, new relationships, um, and do life with each other. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are speaking to us. You do want your children to hear from you. You don't want to leave us out in the dark. And you don't, you don't want to make us dependent on preachers and teachers. You want to speak to us individually because that's, that's who you are. You want to know us deeply. And so Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. And probably the Rick Warren didn't have it in there, but the eighth thing is, is we just decide that our answer is yes to you before we even hear your voice. Whatever you tell us to do, we will do it. We don't wait for you to share with us what you want us to do so that we can weigh it against our other decisions. <laughs> we decide ahead of time that our answer is yes. In Jesus' name.